0: Uh, All right What's up next here
1: What are we doing Uh, We're doing
0: They They remain remain. Yeah Yeah Uh, Okay Well this was unsettling (laughs) Hello and welcome to Projecting Film the Movie Podcast, where movies meet. I'm your host, Michael Denniston and soon you will have the unfortunate experience hearing me talk with my co-host, Chris Maynard. On this episode, we will be talking about Philip Gillette's They Remain, one of 2018's scariest films, which has caused enough to celebrate it with a podcast, but also, I guess the title could apply to this very podcast. As we look at to 2019 So take that as a terrifying warning And if that's not good enough Here's the trailer for the very scary They remain
1: Are hoping to find out here. Really,
0: distrust is really your default setting, isn't it?
1: Only when it comes to people. First canvas one is planned. Guess you're
0: my eyes now. Great. You remember that line they fed us in the Sierras?
1: This will make you famous. Come be part of the new gold rush.
0: Site three's on the schedule today. That's where the cult had its camp. The theory goes they killed dozens more we don't know about. They all might be here.
1: You know an awful lot about it.
0: The prosecuting DA did a series of lectures at my school. I attended all of them. When I'm into something, I can't let it go. What are you doing? Standing around, thinking about death.
1: Insect samples coming your way. How are things with you and her. What do you mean? <laughs> they say she's smart, but that she's
0: a little obsessive. I had something happen to me today. I've heard knocking on the hatch. Two nights this week.
1: It's your imagination. I think it's you. This is Bellman.
0: I've got samples here from men, women, and children.
1: I thought we were here investigating new phenomena.
0: And I have this dream. People appeared. Oh. They gathered around me maybe they weren't human
1: so how did this dream end it's the thing i don't know if it ever did the world is large and unknowable no one ever really knows anything
0: going on in the rest of the world the decline of civilization continues apace
1: <laughs> all right there you go i think we nailed it
0: i uh you said you had some experience with this uh short story that's based on which uh according to imdb is uh looks like dash dash 30 dash dash what it's what yeah 30 yeah okay uh i know if we're going for like a, a mother like lowercase m with a exclamation point at the end <laughs> style title but uh, we'll go with they remain, which you made fun of me last week for calling they live, which could be a good pairing with it, honestly. Yeah, if we if we were uh, that that's not the direction I went. I did go. I actually went horror, I guess. Um, I so you can't accuse me or listeners can't accuse me of sort of misleading. I I went more for a mood and a tone, but it, it's still in the same same genre for this one. Uh, but this is kind of um, this is kind of like a blank slate movie by design. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of world building, which is really cool. And the details that he leaves out and we, we have our two main characters and there are flashes of other people out there and flashback and dream sequences, but there's an element of distrust, of course, with these two scientists who are tasked with, uh, you know, doing everyday menial things like uh, look for, (laughs) you know, animal life on the grounds of a cult who (laughs) like, had sex parties and knifings and other pleasant things, um, so yeah, all all of that uh, contributes to this being a very uh, very uncomfortable watch uh, in a good way for me. It was uh, I was uh, never not paying attention because uh, it kind of freaked me out. So, uh, having some experience with the short story, what uh, what did you make of this adaptation with They Remain?
1: Well, <clears throat> it's kind of a odd thing because uh, Philip, I actually looked back on an email chain that we had had that went back to 2015. It was February 24th, uh, 2015. So almost three years ago to the day that he had told me his next film was going to be an adaptation of 30. And so I read the short story that weekend and we kind of just went back and forth talking about his ideas for how he was thinking about adapting it. Um, and so some of the changes that he thought he would need to make right away and that it was just, The thing is, when you read the book, it's almost like, or the short story, it's like reading Inherent Vice in a way, where you look at it and you go, there's a movie in every single page. Um, It's pretty dense material where you could go off and really develop just one little segment into its entire thing. And so his approach to it was really interesting, I thought. The idea of not painting in those things and leaving it out and having the conspiracy or sort of paranoia aspect of it, just you're filling that in yourself. And so you just know that there's this company, um, that's off in the distance somewhere and they're controlling things, but you don't know how much or what exactly they're doing. Um, what happened with this cult? It's never really exactly spelled out for you. And I, I, kind of love that about it taking that approach to it that you're left to so much more of your imagination to fill in those blanks it it, in a way it reminds me um of the first season of lost when you had this sort of these things that are working behind the scenes that you're not seeing all the time and it's just you're really left with this character work there and that's what really worked and once you started filling in those blanks is when it fell apart for me
0: i mean it's far sexier than lost uh, other than the Sawyer <laughs> character, if Sawyer had walked out of the woods, Jack was all right. Jack wasn't bad. It's a little too high strung for me. I mean, I like Jack. I actually felt like um, if I had a stand-in on the show, uh, I would definitely be Jack because I think I'd be screaming at people all the time. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think I'd be a happy camper out there with this. And I, I, I think other people trying to. Uh, make things pleasant would make me more agitated that they weren't freaked out that we're stuck with each other on this island with monsters and other stuff but
1: i've always seen myself as a hurley where five years on the island and i'm still fat somehow and i just don't know how it's working
0: out i'd really be uh on your ass the whole time because i would <laughs> i would talking about the paranoia of they remain i'd be wondering what the fuck was go- going on here what what sort of stash do you have so yeah, you'd uh you might not be the first to go, uh but certainly by season 5, I would be uh I would be stalking you seeing where where you're hiding the peanut butter jars. Um they remain Yeah, I think this is the type of film that anytime anytime you reveal some information, it's uh you're walking a tightrope here, I think, as far as cuz you're giving a glimpse of you're talking about filling in the blanks and uh, the sort of mood you have as far as what they're about to deal with, and so the more information you have, you're you're having the audience follow along this path of breadcrumbs. But there's a balance there as far as if you don't give them enough information, they may go off in their head and be like, "Oh, I've got this movie figured out. This is what's going to be." And I feel like sometimes with especially mysteries in film, that's where you see some of the negative reaction. Like that's the it's like, oh, that's the reveal? That's not what I was sort of getting myself hyped up for. And it's really no fault of the the artists involved that you got so sort of into the movie that you jumped ahead a little bit. That's probably what I was most impressed with about it was it gave me just enough, but not enough to wherever it felt like, oh, I know more or I've got this peg. So I just kind of went with it. I went with the... And it really put me in the headspace of our lead character here played by William Jackson Harper, where every time, every time I got something pegged and he has one moment that's very Jack like I'm lost with a rifle where I'm like, I would have been hard pressed to not follow through <laughs> where I'm like, yep, I've got discovered, So let's just, you know, let's, let's take care of this. Let's handle business. Um, and that's the, that's the other thing with, I think horror films uh, in particular that maybe deal with, supernatural elements or something of that nature so the film I went with is one that you know I love because I talked about incessantly for months uh that you uh turned me on to and it's one that's kind of suffered with people as they watch it and I think even after the fact which is it follows this thing it's gonna follow you
1: Somebody gave it to me. And I passed it to you. Back in the car. It could look like someone you know. Or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. It can look like anyone. But there's only one of it.
0: Help. Uh, and I've seen this a lot, mention like, the rules that it breaks, like introduce these things. And I feel like whenever I have these conversations with people, they can never explain to me what rules it sort of <laughs> put out there that it broke for them. I feel like they're just interacting with the film and thinking like, okay, so you can't do this. This is how this monster works, blah, 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 uh And then something happens in the film and they're like, no, no, that's against the rules. But I feel like it's something that they just made up, that they just filled in the blanks for So that's kind of what I thought of is I I was wondering if this, you know, if this is something that uh, catches on in the horror community, if they're going to have people that possibly analyze it, analyze the fun out of it. Can you, can you see that happening with they remain?
1: I could absolutely see that happening with they remain. And I think that it's going to be one of those ones that's going to be, it's going to split people right down the middle where I don't think people will have a, eh. Reaction to it. I think people will just because the way you were talking about how audiences have really been trained to predict the ending and to kind of try to get one step ahead. And if they do that here, um, if they're not engaging with it in that way, that there's a good chance that they'll push back against the, where the film lands in the end. But I think those people that really just put their faith in it and follow along with the movie and allow it to sort of reveal itself, will enjoy the shit out of this and it's a lot of fun. So I, this is the kind of movie that's really designed for me in a lot of ways where I really love ambiguity. I like being able to fill things in. I like things that have a rewatchability factor to them. Um just because you can kind of approach it in different ways. Um yeah, you can suck the fun out of it by overanalyzing it, but this is one of those things once people have seen it that you could really have fun talking about the different ways that you take different scenes and the idea of what might be there. That's actually not there. And yeah, I could enjoy that. I don't, I don't think they would suck the fun out of this. Um, but I think that there's going to be far more people that <laughs> really will have even more of a negative reaction to this than it follows. I think it, it follows when it was first released it was a pretty big audience pleaser, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I actually, when I'm referencing people, it's sort of like, I guess, agitating against it. I, I saw it with like when I was taking people to see it, I was having a lot of fun just watching their reactions <laughs> and I would see them like sort of throw their hands up in the air. Like in particular, the, uh, like the, the, the final act with the swimming pool, it's like, oh, they, that's great. Well, it's like they, people didn't really like that. These kids were, I guess, trying out like a Scooby-Doo plan that failed. And that's, that's where some of the backlash was, but it's like those same people, uh, when I would talk to them months later, they would be like, Hey, I watched it follows again. And uh, something, you know, it's like, so what happened where you were like mad at the movie to, then there was accept- this acceptance. And I think it's because they were just so involved with it. Uh, and they really gravitated towards the, I guess the monster there, which th- that's not really a part of the, they remain world is having that no. one sort of identifying, like you don't have, a, you know, clearly you don't have a character, that uh, takes some aside. We don't have the, the other scientists played by Rebecca Henderson, uh, take, uh, take this guy aside and be like, all right, here's, here's what you're dealing with. Like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna fuck you. And I'm a, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> lay it out for you as far as like, you know, so nothing bad happens to you because you've got the game plan. I'm, I'm giving you everything. Um, I think that's what fucked with people on it follows was the, the establishment of the rules, as relayed to you by a scared teenager who (laughs) is just giving you the best he can in the moment and what he knows. And they took that as the Bible of this universe Um, here. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how people will take that. If you want to say there's a monster, here, I guess it's the cult, right? It's these flashes to the cult. And I feel like that's where people are going to analyze the world building is what, you know, what is the nature of these sort of flashes uh, from these two <laughs> characters and so what is what is their previous association uh, with him like it, do we have an unreliable narrator here i can see that maybe be being the agitation to two audiences
1: and I, I think that's actually a fair read of it that the narrator might not be reliable here um, because it is clearly from a point of view And when you're just left with these two people with such limited information, you're only being shown what they see. Yeah. The information and the way they're interpreting it could be completely false. And that's fair. And I, that's one of the things I loved about it follows that their plan does fail, that they don't somehow figure this whole thing out (laughs) that they were wrong. That's, that's great. I think that's because that's one thing that irritates me. Um, about horror films is when they do figure that all out in the final act and everything works out only to show the actual reveal at the end. And it's, yeah, it's just something different. And that's what I really liked about it. Um, but the thing that really I dialed into on this is just having this much tension with really just two characters in the film. And so it's something that's pretty tough to do to have a momentum that can build, that long and sustain itself with a limited cast like that, and that's I really like those types of films, and I don't think that there's one that does that better, in my estimation, than The Shining, and so that's kind of what I was thinking of.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought I was uh, I was putting uh, old Phil here behind the eight ball with that follows, and you're like, all right, let's go to Kubrick's The Shining.
1: <laughs> what should be done with him? <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think you have some very definite ideas about what should be done with Danny, and I'd like to know what they are. Uh, 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 I I think maybe he should be taken to a doctor. You think maybe he should be taken to a doctor? When do you think maybe he should be taken to a doctor? possible!
0: Jack.
1: You believe his health might be at stake.
0: Yes. You
1: are concerned about him.
0: Uh, yes. Uh,
1: and are you concerned about me?
0: Of course I am.
1: Of course you are. <laughs> Ever thought about my responsibilities? Oh, Nick, what are you talking about? Have you ever had a single moment's thought about my responsibilities? Have you ever thought for a single solitary moment about my responsibilities to my employers? Has it ever occurred to you that I have agreed to look after the Overlook Hotel until May the 1st? Does it matter to you at all that the owners have placed their complete confidence and trust in me and that I have signed a letter of agreement, a contract? in which I have accepted that responsibility. You have the slightest idea what a moral and ethical principle is. Do you? Well, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm a huge fan of that film and I really did like, um, this as well, but it's just these small tense, slow builds like that, that can be very jarring that you do have an ending here that has, some ambiguity to it that you don't really know necessarily what that means. And you can go back and rewatch it and pick up different things. I don't know that they will be doing a documentary necessarily about, um, they remain in 20 years about the different meanings of the cult, but I'd, I'd love to watch a fan theory documentary on it. I, I hope that happens and they have that kind of longevity for it.
0: I mean, I could certainly see, uh, this being maybe a true art house version of like the Blair witch project. Um, okay. Which, you know, Godspeed to, to Phil the you know, it would it would break out and do a hundred million dollars like Blair Witch did in nineteen ninety nine. I'm sure he would accept that. Uh but I I think that the maybe the people who have been turned off <laughs> by the, the two sequels to Blair Witch, uh, the thought it was going to sort of really dive into the 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 world, uh, this is where they should turn their attention uh to well
1: they have a series coming up it was just announced. Uh, Blair Witch last TV week. series. Oh, Blair Witch TV series.
0: It's on Amazon, Netflix. Who, who got this?
1: I don't know. Lionsgate, I think, is probably developing their own uh, streaming platform of course, more than likely.
0: Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> sure, um, <laughs> go for it, Lionsgate. Edit.
1: <laughs> so that you can get the Saw TV show spinoff, <laughs> also, I guess.
0: I'm waiting for the uh the Human Centipede uh series on Stars. That's what I want to see. I you watch. know what?
1: That I, you'll get my subscription as soon as they have that.
0: Uh you know, Stars isn't bad, man. Uh just a little, you know, uh behind the <laughs> curtains again. Uh one thing I like about their app and I don't I'm not a consistent subscriber, uh but I I see like what movies I want to talk about on podcasts for like the upcoming month and you know if there's a few of them on Stars Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a cheap and legal way, uh, subscribe for a month and you can download them. That's my favorite thing. You can download the movies onto your tablet. You don't need an internet connection. So I could be watching something like they remain at work, which I wouldn't (laughs) do because it would be, it would be too, put me on too much of an off kilter day. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I recommend stars, Chris, uh, HBO won't let you do that. They just make up for it with much better content, but (laughs) they won't let you download it.
1: You know, them are fighting words in my house because uh, my wife is a super fan for Outlander. So, mm. yeah, that's so she's, wee... she's saying
0: the content is uh, more than enough. Okay, Hey,
1: I mean, I, I guess that's where we overlap on the Ron Moore thing. I'm not really Outlander for me. I'm more of a Battlestar Galactica guy, but you know, we, we both have that in common, I guess.
0: I mean, the man digs a soap opera, no matter what setting. So. <laughs> Uh, can we get any Outlander fans to check out They Remain if it ever goes to stars?
1: No. I, I honestly don't think that's the audience for it. I don't either.
0: All. Um you know what? We don't get a manic pixie dream girl with <laughs> Rebecca Henderson as the female scientist. <laughs> and I dig that. I've I've found that to be highly erotic. How how <laughs> generally sort of like uninterested uh and over it's... it she was and everything.
1: Because it's there. That, that's yeah, the, yeah. The, the sexual tension of
0: it, I mean I can uh I can aspire to be that type of scientist who just happens to be there, he's confused, <laughs> but you know, warm body in <laughs> a crazy cult tent, that'll do shit,
1: you know, maybe this is Philip's sort of examination of marriage. I had no idea,
0: I think warm body in a crazy cult tent is a pretty good title for a movie. <laughs> That would maybe that would be on Cinemax Go, I think.
1: You know, when I was twelve years old, that would have definitely uh had me stopping and uh watching that one. And you know, one, two o'clock in the morning on Cinemax, parents were in bed, pre internet time. Yeah, I would have been waiting for that to see what happened.
0: What is yeah. it with our, our weird uh sex agenda with this? Even with both of our, our films <laughs> and, and the horror. I mean, mine it follows, it's uh, a part of the, the plot, which admittedly, when I first, uh, you were first trying to get me to watch it, I was like, that sounds really dumb. A fucking, like, STD, like, scary movie. Uh, but even The Shining, you know, it's, it's strangely sexual. Like, most of, most of the, I guess, you know, I don't want to call them jump scares. I probably shouldn't <laughs> be dismissive of the master. Uh, <laughs> But, you're you're even dismissive when you call him the master. Well, I, I mean, he I guess he's one of them, he, you know, he's one of yeah. the, on the Mount Rushmore of masters. I don't, I don't, sure. uh, I'm sure there's an argument for someone else, but, uh, he's got to be in the top four. Uh, but you know, Jack Nicholson, he's not lured into that, that bathroom to look at the tiles. So what, <laughs> <laughs> what is with the mixture of, of scares of, of horror and sex? You're, you're more of a horror guy than me. So ex- explain that. Why, why do they go hand in hand so well?
1: Well, it's not hand in hand that goes so well in those scenes. It's because they're made uh, for 13 year old boys. So, uh, that's something that they could, it goes back to the beginning of horror where they, you know, they put a woman in scantily clad, you know, revealing thing. And you have that titillation to get people in, um, guys would be interested in that. They would want to see that, I guess. Um, but the idea of when you juxtapose sex with, um, there's a vulnerability that comes in that moment. And so when you're going along with Jack Nicholson in that scene, the idea is hopefully that you're looking at this model that's naked. And then the reveal of what she actually is, is disturbing. And so that's something that's very jarring that, you know, because it's playing against our expectations is why that works. It's like in boogie nights. Um, The moment when there's the suicide, that that's sort of the, the, the middle finger being pointed at the the audience in a way for laughing at the moment before of humiliation. That's sort of our comeuppance. And to some degree, that's kind of what happens in horror films when we have this objectification that, you know, we kind of pay the price for that and we're made uncomfortable and made uneasy in those moments. And there's a price to pay for it. it. It's when it's in somebody's hands like Stanley Kubrick, that's what it is. When it's in somebody that is doing Friday the 13th part seven, they're just putting tits in to try to get butts in the seats.
0: I'm going to say that, uh, neither said's wrong. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> At sober cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> sober cinema. Oh shit. Did I get my podcast wrong?
1: <laughs> You're biting your own rhymes. That's how that's your out for all these podcasts now at uh
0: 99 from 99. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, uh, at grand gesture pod. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> got any more. I feel like the reviews are getting worse as I go along. <laughs> sure um before it gets too bad uh at projecting film because I, right. I feel like chris he made some good points there and uh i was just waiting for the the one that i could hang my hat on which was the mention of uh, boobs on screen
1: <laughs> well i mean i i knew that's what we were building towards you were setting me up for that because we were just about the 20 minute mark and we hadn't really jumped into a dick joke yet or you know i i tried. fucked around
0: enough yeah. Well,
1: I was I was getting close to it when you said the hand in hand thing, and I was gonna say, well, it's more like dick in hand, but I didn't think it was quite time to end the podcast, so should have done it at that Hard point. Hard
0: to come back and make your point there about the horror genre as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're the teacher in class that that makes the makes the dick joke, and then you're like, all right, now settle down, time <laughs> to give the history lesson. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs>
1: What did you think of the movie, though?
0: I, I didn't really dig it.
1: Goddamn, he's grown as a filmmaker.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really cool.